Thanks for taking the time to listen to this NHS Employers podcast. For all the latest NHS HR workforce information, visit www.nhsemployers.org. In 2020, when COVID struck, Orderhay's response to the pandemic and to the support offered to staff had been shaped by events of 2018 and a case involving a young boy with an incurable neurodegenerative condition. Stephen Weeks, policy manager at NHS Employers, spoke to staff about the new approach the Trust adopted following the case and how it helped to support staff during the pandemic. Melissa Swindell is Chief People Officer at Alderhay. Before this had happened, actually, which was just extremely fortuitous, we'd already started thinking about what kind of support should we be offering for our staff. And that was really on the back of um, this this real um, conundrum that we had when we kept looking at our staff survey results and what our staff survey results were telling us when we looked at those two, the two key questions that, that all NHS trusts, I'm sure, look at. Would you recommend your organisation for treatment and would you recommend it to friends and family to work? And we were consistently getting really, really high scores in terms of our staff saying, yep, I would recommend this place for my children to come and uh, have treatment. We, we, we were in the kind of you know high 80s, 90s for recommend for treatment. But recommend to work was was in the fifties, and we couldn't. How can you have an organisation where the curve feels so great, but it, staff are telling us it doesn't feel like a great place to work? Then, of course, we we experienced this event. So, so actually, we we were able to, I suppose, accelerate the kind of things that we'd already been thinking about. Um, and our objectives were, were simply to um, support staff, make Alderhay feel like a safe place to work for people, but a place in which people could thrive. At the time, there was a vacancy for an Associate Director of Organisational Development, a role traditionally held by someone with an HR or learning and development background. But Alderhay took a different route. We felt like having a psychologist in that post just brought a different mindset and a different professional way of thinking about staff, about, I suppose, organisational psychology, about development. So Joe was already in place and starting to think about what's this thing going on with the staff survey? What's this thing about morale? She'd already started to think about some of those things when we experienced what we experienced in 2016. And I think what what her post enabled us to do was really think about... um, accelerating and thinking a bit differently about what we think staff need in response to trauma. After this this event that happened in the organisation, what one of the things I um, suggested that we do was we debriefed every team and so that was offered to all teams and so set about doing that I was I would I led that and use that information to think about what was needed from staff's perspectives? The main things we did um, around the the 2016 events were around a space to listen, a space to debrief, a space for staff to come together, share their experience. And because Jo is a clinical psychologist, she was able to help us with that model 
of how that might work in a clinical setting. But the really important thing was she wasn't providing clinical interventions. but She was bringing that lens to it. One of the major things that came out of that was around um, the importance of leadership in enabling teams to to not only survive through these difficult times, but potentially to flourish. So myself and a, a small team started to think about, well, what would, what, how would we distill uh, what what is really compassionate leadership? How would we make that accessible to older Hay in a way that that every leader and manager can, could use? So it's not about profession specific training. It had the intention to. Um, a kind of culture change programme, really, but that was about connecting people. Probably what what the most important thing, and I'm just trying to be really clear here, which is why it was so important and has remained so important for all the work that we've done, is um, Joe already worked for the Trust. So what we had already were relationships that were already built and that credibility and that integrity already of being a senior clinician who could then join effectively a corporate team and and provide that service. Jumping slightly forward, obviously we had the pandemic taking hold in March 2020. Do you feel you had advantages in having a support structure and this type of approach in place in terms of responding to the pandemic? Without a doubt, we'd obviously... um, responded to what had happened in 2016 and then built on through 2017, 18, 19, built on all of that learning, all of that support. And then we started to to develop this SALS model, which is our take on a PALS service. It's the Stafford Advice and Liaison Service. And we went live with SALS in 2020, quite small scale. So by the time the pandemic hit, we felt like we already had um, a, a really good infrastructure in place. We had the SALS in its inception and we had a number of other things that Joe and other members of the the HR team had helped to develop. Joe really came up with the concept of what SALS or a staff advice and liaison service could look and feel like for Alder High. My name is Jeanette Chamberlain and I currently manage the Staff Advice and Liaison Service. It's a one-door service and what we mean by that is we encourage all members of staff to come and speak to us um, with whatever worry or issue or concern that they've got. Now that could be really practical issues, for instance car parking, um, how to access information about pensions, who to talk to if your wages aren't right, so really some fundamental practical things to help people in work. But we also get people who come to see us feeling that they need some help, but they're not quite sure what they need. And a lot of that would be emotional issues. So we can offer a listening session. So anybody that gets in touch with us, we try and meet them, um, phone them, arrange for virtual sessions with them, just to really listen and understand what's going on for them. The introduction of the the SAL service, so that the staff um, support service really has felt like a game changer, to be honest. My name's Lee Evans. I'm deputy to head of service for community physiotherapy, um, and I'm employed by Alder Hay. 
it's incredibly invaluable to have or to know that you have got that support there in the background. You want to be able to support people. You want to be able to really support your staff. And I think actually it's the it's 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 the other it's the other things that are brought as well. So the likes of we've got a, a strong foundations program, which which um, is for anyone in a leadership role. So actually for all grades of staff, whether it be managers, whether it be people kind of I suppose on the shop floor, is that there's there's an opportunity there to 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 learn around resilience and learn around looking after kind of yourself kind of to enable you to then support others and other people within the trust the whole premise of strong foundations is based on a compassionate leadership approach which is really that we treat people with care and kindness that we listen to people we listen to them with fascination with a want to understand what they're saying to us to care about them um, to have interest in them but really to um, have that want and desire to really take some intelligent action to help people and actually I'd say it's the ethos that runs through our sales service as well. One of the advantages of sales is a lack of referral criteria as Joe Poitier explains. My background is in mental health services where there's so much around referral criteria and thresholds and there's often long waits. This this service that we've set up has none of that, I guess. It's you don't need to know why you need help. You just uh, we offer a um, drop in at the height of the pandemic. We were seven days a week access. People can contact in whatever way feels comfortable for them. I think what we hope and the way we've set it up is it's also helping to challenge the stigma around seeking support as health professionals. Because I think there is still significant stigma um, for certain staff groups. So the feedback's been amazing to that service. Likewise to the Strong Foundations, because having moved it to a virtual online delivery, we've been able to keep it going. Um, and we've had we've had incredible attendance at times when you would imagine no one would come because there were staffing shortages and everyone was exhausted, but we've been fully booked. We're fully booked now till the, almost the end of this year. Melissa Swindell again. The feedback that we have from staff, which is why I think sales has been so brilliant, is that people wanted to talk to people that they trusted, that they that they knew. And I think that's still one of the massive advantages we've got of sales because it's people who are known in Alder Hay who are trusted. And it's a very easy approach we know that there's tons of online. There's been tons of online support, hasn't there, through the pandemic? And that has its place. But I think where we feel like we've benefited from sales is the face-to-face local contact that people have been able to do. You sometimes don't know how far you've come, do you, till you start actually looking back and again, because we've all been so just responding and in it. But when I came, certainly when my role came to be staff support was um equaled counseling so there was you know if you needed help it was counseling and there, there, there wasn't really much else that you could access um which led to i think the the i guess the erroneous belief that counseling is the answer to everything and I, I, don't get me wrong counseling is absolutely has its place but it should be there for when it's needed um so I think that we've certainly, I think, got a more developed sense of 
what staff support should look like, more coordination around well-being activities. And I think, um, again, and a sort of an organisational health and well-being view that that views it as a a collection of lots of different activities, including the leadership support, Um, and that it's the combination of those things that works. And it's not any one thing on its on its own, I think. The thing that we've been measuring is our staff survey, of course, because that's our biggest annual sense of what, what's happening with the workforce. Back in 2016, 53% of colleagues said that they'd recommend Alder Hay as a place to work. The year after that jumped to 75, then went into the 70s. And last year, we, we um, had 79% of colleagues telling us that they'd recommend Alder Hay as a place to work. Now, that is just brilliant. And actually, we saw improvements across all metrics. And I think last year we were recognised as one of the top 10 most in- improved trusts. And I'm absolutely convinced it's it's been because we've taken a whole organisation approach to support and well-being. And I also think, and again, this is qualitative feedback that we've had from SALS, the amount of people who have indicated that they would have gone off sick had they not had somewhere like SALS to go has uh, been quite significant. So I think for me, that's the biggest impact. It's felt like a place that felt safe. And actually, you know, one lady said last week, I'm so glad SALS is there. I haven't needed to use it. But the fact that it's there makes me feel really safe. Is there any advice you give to other trusts about developing um, support for staff as we go forward following the pandemic? Think about what's already in your organisation because I think I think this this was what happened for us in Alder Hay. All of the skill and expertise we needed was already inside the organisation, and that I think that that already does half the job of engaging the organisation because you're you know I was a known quantity. The rest of the team were we already had some credibility, I suppose. Um, we'd also walked the walk you know we'd had clinical roles or managerial roles and making it as easy as possible so try and move away from from ideas of you know criteria thresholds and and that's challenging i understand that because there's anxiety then that there'll be this kind of tidal wave of need but it's certainly manageable and i think it works My thanks to Joe Poitier, Melissa Swindell, Lee Evans and Jeanette Chamberlain for taking part in this podcast from NHS Employers. I'd also like to make it clear, the staff survey results in this podcast referred to are from 2020. In the 2021 staff survey, Alderhead experienced a decline in some scores, reflecting pressures on the service. But it retained its position as a high-scoring organisation. It was in the top 10 hospital trusts on staff engagement and well above average for support on health and wellbeing.